welcome to the first episode of the Film Geek Podcast. Today we're talking about good old Spider-Man Homecoming. I had my pal Caleb Robinson on and, well, we just gushed about Spider-Man for about an hour. So, um, this is that. Enjoy. Okay, I'm gonna play the thing now. When, okay, when did you see, how many times have you seen uh, Spider-Man Homecoming? Okay, this is really sad, but I've seen it, uh... Five times. Now. Five times. Okay, I've seen yeah. it once. I probably should have <laughs> seen. I probably should have seen it a second time. Mostly, yeah. mostly because uh, that movie throws a lot of stuff at you. Um, yeah, it does. I uh, initial reactions coming out of the theater. I didn't have a whole lot of problems with it. Um, yeah, me same. What What would you say your initial re- like if you could go into my, detail? My My initial reaction out of it is because okay, I'm like. Spider-Man is one of my favorite superheroes. Oh, absolutely. Me too. Yeah. He's like in my top three. Um, I'm a big fan of Stan Lee and Steve Ditko's run. And to me, walking out of Homecoming, even though there's there's some changes to the source material, and I'm I'm like completely lenient on that stuff. I don't care if movies change. I'm more about making a good movie than staying true to the comics. But walking walking out of Homecoming, I was like, Holy shit, that was basically a Stanley and Steve Ditko comic made into a movie. It feels like a story that Stanley would have told. It, it it just it felt right to me. I have like I have maybe five nitpicks with the whole movie. I, I loved it. Well, uh yeah, I feel very similar. Uh I feel very similar about this film because uh like yeah, I mean, like you said, this is like this feels the most like the comics, um, whatever run that'll be, probably Steve Ditko's, probably. Both aspects of Peter Parker, you have the high school element, and then you have the Spider-Man yep. element. I think it, it spent enough time on both. You really get a sense of, like, what this character is about and what his whole world is like. Yeah, yeah, he he's extremely selfless. That's what I love about him. Um, mm-hmm. there, there There's about three times in the film where... Peter Parker does something and you're just like this this guy's better than I am as a person like there's the scene and I don't, are we doing spoilers since it's like a uh, yeah sure let's talk spoilers if you haven't seen Spider-Man Homecoming yet go see that before you listen to our yeah. little spiel but uh, yeah just yeah. go into spoilers now okay well, well yeah the we the already talked where... about our initial reactions sorry go ahead yeah yeah, the scene where Michael Keaton just straight up tells him that I'm gonna kill you uh-huh. and everyone you love if you if you if you screw screw with my business again, like if if I was in that exact same position, I just wouldn't screw with his business anymore. But he just instantly mm-hmm. he does the right thing and and knows that he has to stop him. And like that's what I love about the character. He's just such a good person. You know what's funny is I actually I like the film for an opposite reason, like completely. Um, because like i I hear a lot of people say that like oh the thing with spider-man is he's a kid and he always does the right thing um and i think i would kind of disagree a little bit and i think that's what i liked about this movie a lot is that like like obviously peter parker isn't a bad guy necessarily yeah yeah but i well yeah he makes a lot of mistakes in the movie that's what i'm saying is i i like that aspect this has been explored the best since like um well, I don't know if we've seen it to this degree before. Oh, no, I, I think that this is about... I don't think we have, because the Raimi movies kind of start 
post this part of Peter Parker. So he's already kind of right. past that age, but he's like extremely naive. When I was saying like, he's such a good person, I, I that, that was like, I'm talking about like just morally, he's such a, he's such a right. selfless good person. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like that aspect. I like the aspect that he, he's, you know, he's still a kid, so he's, mm-hmm. he's going to make, I would argue he does make somewhat selfish dis- decisions. They're not big yeah. decisions. And that's yeah, what I yeah, like yeah. about this version of it is it's like, he's a k- kid still. So he's gonna, yeah. he's gonna think about himself a little bit sometimes. Yeah. And he's gonna like, you know, he just, cause he's just, cause he's a kid in high school. doesn't mean he's this perfect. It's kind of yeah. like, this is kind of like off topic, but it's like when people argue, uh, the old Willy Wonka movie, versus the charlie and the chocolate factory if you were to compare those two like the characters of charlie i would say i would prefer the original oh me too yeah because in the new one like freddie highmore he plays that character as a saint yeah it is totally unrealistic he's just like i'll give you all my chocolates (laughs) i don't need it anyway yeah, oh yeah. God bless us, everyone! But like in the original, <laughs> in the original, he's still a kid. He's still making yeah. like selfish decisions every once in a while. And I think, yeah. I think we forget to to really like show that in our films is that we expect these characters that are so young to be so innocent and always making the right decisions. It's like they're not Superman. I think it's nice to see that there's some cracks in the moral. Yeah, and I mean, you know, because there's like that scene where he's like. You know, he's contemplating putting on the suit for the party, you know, yep. just to have it as a party favor. I really like that scene, and he's just kind of yeah, having doubts too. about he, it. But I love the scene also where he's just looking down at, at all of his peers in the pool. Like, that's such a Spider-Man thing. He oh, sees yes. what he he sees something that he's never going to get to have if he wants yeah. to be Spider-Man. I think this movie totally captured that perfectly. Um, a lot of people are complaining online well sort of complaining they're talking about there's the scene you know where he's at the homecoming dance and i guess they shot a couple of versions it was in the trailer where he actually kisses uh what's her name yeah yeah i can't think of the character's name liz allen yeah um and then it wasn't in the movie and a lot of people were complaining about that i can i can argue that i think this film works better without having that just to better illustrate the things that peter parker's gonna miss out on yeah yeah and it's not like you know it's just like he's just missing out on like his childhood essentially he's not he doesn't have to make big sacrifices like someone's gonna die or something it's just like oh he's gonna miss out on you know his relationship with his friends won't be as close Um, yeah and i i really like that aspect of that um yeah, I, I think that actually adds an extra layer onto this version of Peter Parker that we really haven't seen, at least in comics that I've read. I love the whole idea that, because I think this version of Peter Parker could easily, if, like, he, he could fit in with his peers, but because he's so distant and because he's Spider-Man, yeah, he doesn't let people into his life, and because of that, that kind of is why he's such a wallflower and such an outsider to it all of his peers and everything and i like that it adds an extra layer onto the character i think i would say tom holland's performance this is the most sympathetic peter parker that we've ever gotten on screen oh yeah not to say that sam raimi's wasn't sympathetic 
No, no, that, they're they're both really great. This one feels like it's the most like he's just a kid. He's so innocent, and it's he's just like yeah. you know. Um, I think that also has to do with a lot with the tone. This yes. feels, and we'll get into some of the negatives and stuff I'm concerned yeah. about. Um, yeah. But this one feels more. I don't want to bash like the high school stuff because I do think it, it yeah. definitely works. Yeah. For the yeah. most part. But I'd be lying if I said I didn't get like a not too much, but just a little bit of like a younger demographic tone. Like it's trying to. Yeah, yeah I know. Into, I know what you're talking about. And I mean, obviously, they're going to try to do that because this is trying to be like a teen movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't expect them to be catering to adults. But yeah, yeah. just as far as tone wise, it, like it makes me think like. How are they going to do if they ever try to do like, you know, because Spider-Man isn't like the most lighthearted yeah, uh, yeah. comic book series, but this is definitely the most lighthearted film we've ever yeah. had. So I'm like, well, how are they going to do like, you know, like Craven or whatever? And, you know, yeah. this tone, I well, just, I don't know if I could see what, it. What I, what I would argue is like. Because they've talked about it before that they're trying to kind of emulate the Harry Potter stuff with how they're jotting out this franchise. Right. I would argue that if they do it like that, I think it would work because those Harry Potter movies start out very like they're even more child uh, centric. Like the first Harry Potter is is basically a kid's movie. Uh And then the last Harry Potter is for adults so i I think if if they do that right i mean it it, it's not like it's not a fair criticism because it is Mm -hmm. but if they do that right i think that might overlap and make that not a big deal yeah i think i think that would be a good route to take i could see them doing that um Sort of, yeah, get more mature as the films progress. Uh, yeah, we get to see it. We, we're going to get to see him grow up through the movies naturally, so I hope they go with that where every movie gets more mature. and That is if Tom Holland changes. Yeah, yeah. Because he, what, is yeah. he 21 now? <laughs> yeah, and he looks like he's like 13. <laughs> yeah, if he's not going to really like get changed a ton yeah. he's probably not going to anytime soon but they, but they but they can at least make the movies mature every right. every entry and i think they will i think they will they'll probably just make him work out more or something yeah. um one thing i'm really happy about because movies just in general they suck at translating high school yeah completely these look like high school students thank yep. god yeah, and they act like high school students, too. That That's one of the things that I like. There's a lot. I mean, there's a couple instances where it goes a little too far, but for the most part, this is probably the most authentic high school setting I've seen in a movie since, like, Breakfast Club and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And, yeah. Like, it feels like you walk into a high school. It doesn't have that Diary of a Wimpy Kid thing where it feels like it's, like, a, like it's a cartoony over-the-top version of a middle school or something. This feels like a high school, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I could argue that it, it does kind of have a little bit of a Disney Channel vibe, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, here, here and there. It's going for comedy. It's going, yeah. but, I mean, it fits. One of the things I was really impressed with with this film is that this sense of humor that it has, just the type of sense of humor, I mean, it, like, yeah. it's 
exactly in the comics. Like, it feels like if you were to pick up a Spider-Man comic, you'd feel like it was written by the same person. Like, it just has the same type of witty sense of humor. Like, if if there's, like, in the comics, I've only read a few of the comics. uh, Yeah. Mostly, like, the ultimate Spider-Man. Okay. If a character, like, makes a cameo, it's usually, like, a parody version of that character. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's you could kind of yeah. argue that like Tony Stark and like Captain America kind of have that vibe going on. Like it feels yeah. it feels yeah. like something that would happen in the comics, especially the ATM scene. Yeah, yeah. That feels like it's straight out of a comic book. Like that. Yeah, like yeah. In that entire opening, not it wasn't the opening of the movie, but the first Spider-Man montage. Yeah. Like holy crap! That was like exactly the Spider-Man I've been wanting to see. It's so like I love. I love the shot of Spider-Man helping the old, the old Hispanic lady. Just standing like, on the street. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you find like out she bought him a churro and stuff. Like, I love uh-huh. that. And on that same topic, I actually, like, I've heard complaints that like, uh, there's not enough scope to the movie and stuff, but I actually like that this movie, at least starting out, it'll become a problem to me if it doesn't, if the scope doesn't widen every movie. Yeah. But if they do what I think they're going to do, I love that this movie starts out with a more neighborhood feeling because then, like, I could easily see every movie progressively widening to the point where we do get that Sam Raimi swinging through New York and everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, I knew going in that this film was not going for that at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not even trying to do that at all. Yeah, like, it's just like... This is the first time I've ever seen Spider-Man, like, just in a neighborhood or, like, at a yes. gas station. It was yeah. almost a little weird. Like, I was again, it took a little bit to get used to, but, like, I dug yeah. it because it's, like, yeah. obviously Marvel's, like, really struggling to be, like, okay, what has not been done before in these movies? Because exactly. yeah. what is this? This is the third Spider-Man franchise yeah. reboot? <laughs> I'm, yep. I'm yep. 18 years old, and I've, we've, I've experienced three Spider-Man franchises. Yep. It, it it is an anomaly i don't understand it. it's yeah, crazy i if you're not sick of spider-man by now <laughs> yeah yeah and that's the crazy thing i don't know how they did it but somehow it feels fresh again to me i, I think they're just trying to really like scrape the bottom of the barrel in the yeah. sense and try to do everything that has not been done i don't yeah. i can i could not see them doing venom again even though sony's yeah. still trying to i don't know so, what, so, i don't know what they're sony's- doing Sony's stupid. <laughs> so, well, the problem is Sony doesn't have enough money. They're like bankrupt. Yeah. So they're, they're, <laughs> <laughs> they're like, they're, they're like, here's an idea. Let's make a Venom movie, but get, get this, get this without Spider-Man. <laughs> I don't know if I'm interested in that. I don't. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not at all. I don't get what they're like. And it's sad because you have the casting of Tom Hardy, which I think is basically perfect yeah me too i'm just like great let's move that over here let's get that exactly out. yeah but you know sony's never gonna just like give them to marvel because yeah no. spider-man is like their the property that they make the most money i'm glad that avia rod had nothing to do with this movie i'm pretty sure yeah, he had and, nothing to do with this movie no no he he didn't have a that was like uh marvel and kevin feige's one thing like if we're gonna do this for you guys, Avi Arad is not involved at all, and yeah. so th- this is actually the first Spider-Man movie with with Avi Arad out of the picture, and you can tell. I think I think that's oh, yeah. one of the main reasons it feels so fresh and everything because you don't have Avi Arad running around 
with the stupid ideas for Max Dillon and, and Electro and all this crap. I don't know. This is just kind of a funny tidbit, but uh, I was watching uh, pretty recently, like the behind the scenes of Spider-Man 2, like the first Spider-Man 2, the Sam Raimi. I was too. I was. I, I literally watched the the second disc to the DVD like yeah. probably two weeks ago. I just picked up the because I didn't have Spider. I didn't have the Spider-Man trilogy on Blu-ray yet. Yeah, and uh, they just came out with like you know the new version with three point one, so I, I bought that. Yeah, yeah. There's like there's an interview with Avi Arad, and I just find it funny. It looks like he's sitting at home, like at a home office, <laughs> and yeah. behind him, I don't know if you notice, it's out of focus, but it, I'm pretty sure it is a framed photo of Spider Man, <laughs> like the Spider Man two like poster, and then yeah. big like letters. It's like the profit of the movie. <laughs> like it literally like it that tells you everything you need to know about Avia Rod's involvement yeah. in Spider-Man. It's just that one picture. And I like I was like, how is this not a meme? How has no one ever pointed yeah. this out yeah. before? I'll have to find it. But yeah. it is like blatantly obvious that that's what that is, even though yeah. it's out of focus. I don't even get it. He's insane. He he's always got that Spider-Man head like baseball cap on like (laughs) spider-man very venom venom uh, the fans like the venom venom (laughs) venom put money in my pocket it's very nice the amazing spider-man now i'm i'll be honest when those first came out i was in love with those movies yeah no i was the same way i was the same way i think i was fanboying too hard i tried not to fanboy with this one i think my issues with the amazing spider-man movies was that they're literally like they're not exactly the same as the Sam Raimi movies, but it's it's like literally like the opposite of them. Yeah, it's yeah. like the same but different approach. It's just oh, like yeah. we'll do it again, but in a different way, and that's the yeah. that's the whole that's all the movies, you know. Yeah, Amazing Spider-Man One is just the first Sam Raimi movie, but trying to be edgy and and new age and everything. What was the tone of those movies? What was I the don't tone? even. Uh, the first one has a semi-consistent tone, but the second one is like uh-huh. eight different movies crammed into one, and they don't know. Like one minute it's as bad and as stupid as Batman and Robin, and the next minute it's it's like a decent Mark Webb romance, and then the next minute it's trying to be the Dark Knight, and then it's like it just doesn't even know. <laughs> it has no idea what it wants to be. Everything to do with like Spider-Man is the worst part of those movies. Yeah, no. It's like I, the fights and all that and everything. Yeah. Like the best part of those movies are like just like the scenes that have nothing to do with like they they yeah. like like is a general term. I just say like they're not the Spider-Man scenes. They're like, you know, when, yeah. when they're just talking to each other like yeah. Mark Webb's really good at like directing conversations and drama. I think he's remarkably good. He's some of the best. Yeah. I could still argue that like Emma Stone's romance and that movie with Peter Parker is probably one of the best romances I've seen on screen and the most believable. Oh, me too. Yeah, but I'm the same way. It sucks that, that it's tacked onto this like really like just like Frankenstein monster of a movie. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing with like Amazing Spider-Man 2. Dane DeHaan, I think, gives a really inspired uh, performance, but he's surrounded by such complete and utter crap. Mm-hmm. that like nobody's ever gonna give that performance a second glance i i kind of disagree with you a little bit uh yeah i like no i like dane dehan 
I really do. Yeah. And when I found out he was uh, casted, I was like, yeah, I can totally see that. I just yeah. Yeah. when I saw his performance, I'm not really quite sure what the, he was told to do. In my mind, I separate because the script is garbage. His motives make no sense. His character mm-hmm. makes no sense. But come on, everybody like, wants my money. That's him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was like a spot on performance. That's how he that sounds. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like a th- yeah. I I I just watched that. Not like I watched it after I watched Homecoming again, just to make fun of it. Yeah. And it's hilarious how little his his character makes sense. It's so funny. Like. But uh, going back to Homecoming, they set up, I think, with that end credit scene, Sinister Six stuff really well. Mm-hmm. And then you and then you rewind to Amazing Spider-Man 2 and just the complete and utter crap that is their Sinister Six setup. Is, it's just hilarious. It's like, so Spider-Man in, in Amazing Spider-Man 2 has been retired for like a year because of the Gwen Stacy crap. Right. And... And then the dude who's like the dude in the showers or whatever walks in and like they're planning on getting together the Sinister Six. And I'm just like, to do what? To just go and f*** up the city? What is, what is your what's your goal here? I am. Spider-Man isn't even around anymore. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I think basically what I was trying to get at was that. The, the, this new movie, Homecoming, really had to like bring something fresh and really had to, and it, I think it accomplished that. It was very fresh, I thought. Did you mean like the storage facility or whatever? Yeah, when he's talking yeah. to uh, like Karen, the AI. Yes, and he's yes. just like by himself. Yeah, there, there's so many decisions uh, where to place him that are so different. Mm-hmm. Just seeing him laying around doing his homework and stuff inside of a storage facility it's really it's different i love it okay but the scene where he's under the rubble favorite yeah. favorite scene of the movie hands down oh yeah I, I i would go as far as to say for me i think that's the best scene in a spider-man movie ever like it, it's probably tied with the with the train sequence in spider-man 2 like mm-hmm. it when, when like I, there's something so off-putting in a very intentional way of hearing a character like Spider-Man genuinely terrified, screaming for help. Yeah, and then like I love that like for that split second because he's a child, like after the rubble hits him for a split second, he actually forgets like that he's Spider-Man and he goes back to his child instincts and he's like. Yeah, you know anybody in that situation would be screaming for help at the top of their lungs, and then he sees that iconic split mask thing, and that's when everything goes back. I didn't expect that like performance from Tom Holland, especially because um, I would consider Tom Holland a pretty, like, not a bad actor, but he's a pretty new actor. Yeah, so yeah, I, I yeah. Could, I, the, that was one of the that was one of my uh, like worries going in was like, yeah, you have this very new director. And then you have yeah. a very new actor, and I felt like a part of the reason why Spider-Man and Tom Holland's performance was so good in Civil War was because you had the Russo brothers directing him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so that was one of my fears, that it wouldn't be as strong. Yeah. And I don't know if it's as strong. I definitely got a different tone. That's yeah, something yeah. I will say. I got a, like a slightly different vibe from Peter Parker in this than I did in Civil War. They almost feel yeah, like two no, different there definitely people a little is. bit. Because, like, you kind of get this idea that Peter Parker's, like, like, Uncle Ben just died. Like, when he's yeah. talking to him on the, 
yeah. in their bedroom. And then yeah, like, we, we see and we see in Homecoming, he's like giggling like a schoolboy. Yeah. Was that happening in the same time? It's a little jarring. I I I'm I'm okay with it only because it's happening like after Civil War and I think I think after experiencing what he experienced with the Avengers and everything, it kind of was that thing where like where like be, because he was dealing with such a traumatizing thing as Uncle Ben dying, I think this is like a way for him to This is like a distraction. Yeah, yeah, it's a distraction. He's like now that he has this new suit and he in his mind he's an avenger and everything like he's just like he's super pumped about everything at that point i'm i'm personally okay with it but it's it's definitely a fair it's a fair point yeah it's just like a weird continuity thing because just imagining like like a serious like i can't go to germany and then you know he's in the car and he's like oh is your name happy hogan and then then it's all goofy all of a sudden yeah and then yeah, I don't know. Like the continuity isn't the greatest, but it's yeah. I think this works because it, again, it's really weird because you have a Spider-Man, lighthearted Spider-Man movie, right next yeah. to a movie like Civil War, which is essentially yeah. supposed to be like the Empire Strikes Back of the Marvel Universe. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it, it it's basically like, and I and I'm not saying this in a bad way. I actually think it's it's a good thing. It's kind of like the interlude of the MCU. It's like a nice break from the from where we just were right i couldn't imagine them doing like a spider-man movie in the tone of civil war and i know that's another thing with these marvel movies is that they all kind of try to have the same tone yeah yeah. like i said before it's like it it reflects in the comics where it feels like it's a different writer and when other characters come in it feels like a parody of it so it almost kind of works in that sense yeah yeah and i could argue that's kind of an excuse but yeah it's yeah. it does it's not too far off that it's like yeah, yeah be totally distracting um i don't think we've talked about this movie's hilarious this movie's like yeah. has a really good sense of humor oh yeah yeah i it, it's basically exactly my comedic sensibilities that's why i love um the director john watts i love his his uh other movie cop car because it's the same thing there's his humor is extremely subtle yeah like like the my, like one of the biggest gut punches in the movie for me was the scene where uh Captain America's like and here's your gym teacher and he points <laughs> in the opposite yeah, direction that was, that was that was classic yeah yeah that all those cap VHS things were basically perfect i love the so your body's changing. Mm-hmm. Trust me, I know how that feels. I'm pretty sure this guy's like a war criminal or whatever, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the state requires it, whatever. Actually, one of the biggest laughs in the movie for me um, was uh, like at the beginning when you just the cutaway to the the new the school news with Betty Brant. Oh my god! I was yeah. I was like laughing like two scenes after that happened. I was just like still <laughs> yeah. thinking about it. Just like well, oh no, uh, sorry, I already have a date. And then just like the close up, the close up, <laughs> yeah. and you see like the green screen effect like flicker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was amazing. I, I th- those news things need to be a reoccurring thing in in this in this franchise because that just that just ends me. Both of them. The second one when. Uh, the teachers like I couldn't bear to lose a, a student on a field trip, and then they not zoom. again, not again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was another so big one for me too. The uh, the Washington Monument, the chick in the elevator who's like, 
guiding them, them through it, just her really just I don't give a crap vibe was also really funny to me. And I love the the don't worry, our security systems are completely intact. Cut right to Spider-Man and the Karen's like, oh, yeah, their, their systems are failing. <laughs> This movie was a lot like uh, Lego Batman in a sense where it's just like it's really throwing the jokes at you. So I'm still remembering stuff. That's why I have to yeah. see this movie again. Um, yeah, I, I'm still like I've seen it five times and that's only because like I went to Philly and we just walked. We just spent an entire day watching it. Um, but sweet. The, yeah, but the I've seen it five times and there's still jokes that I'm still mm-hmm. like getting. It, it's crazy. Yeah, there's lots of like a little subtle stuff too, and uh, uh, let's talk yeah. about let's talk about characters. Um, so yeah. like as far as like high school goes, um, the character of Ned was essentially, I don't know how familiar you are with the Miles Morales comics. Yeah, no, I know it's it's basically gank. It's essentially gank. Like they even have like a like a Lego Star Wars joke yeah. in the comics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Why do they keep? Why are they doing this? Like they give like yeah. characters names of other characters, even though yeah, they're essentially I, I the other character. I had a little bit of an issue with Flash Thompson. He felt I, a little bit like a classic like movie bully, like Parkins. It just felt a little cliche, while everybody else felt like pretty grounded and normal. I didn't even have enough time to form an opinion on him. He's in the movie for like four minutes. So yeah. I'm just like, I, I, the only flash thing that I genuinely loved though. And I didn't really care for any of the other stuff. Like I thought the penis Parker thing was just okay. It was whatever. But the, yeah. but the, the thing that I really loved was the, um, Spider-Man jumping on his car, flash, get out of the car or whatever. And mm-hmm. I thought the editing there was really funny. When he's like, this is actually my dad's car. And like, before he even finishes the sentence, Spider-Man's just in the car. Oh, yeah, it's just like smash cut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, sorry, uh, this is my dad's car. Cut right away. <laughs> this, that's actually where I do see potential in his character. Just being like, if they were to continue showing his character in the movies, imagine him always being the punchline where whenever Peter Spider-Man in some way or another, like he's going to take advantage of him in some way. He's going to get the short end of the yeah. stick. Like, yeah. Like yeah. he's just like always going to have something happen to him somewhat involving Spider-Man. Yeah. I think yeah. that'd be a funny ongoing joke. You'd have like a scene like that in every movie. I like the aspect of um, the whole, uh, what was it? The science like triathlon or whatever they're a part of. Yeah. Yeah. I liked that a lot too. I thought that was an interesting. We've never seen like Peter in like a circumstance like that before. Yeah, no, and I li- and I liked that we we I think I think Spider-Man Two does more of the whole like juggling all these different things and being Spider-Man at the same time. But I think Homecoming really did a good job of doing like the whole he's in high school and he's having to be Spider-Man at the same time. So like that whole sequence in Washington, you feel the urgency of he needs to get back to the, to the, you know, to his group, but he also needs to make sure that that Ned's little purple thing doesn't blow up. Now Zendaya, do we want to talk about? I think enough people have talked about the whole MJ thing. Personally, I I don't care too much yeah no i i i'm i don't like the execution of that line at all i think it feels really forced but i think there is a way that you could make her work as mary jane it's just we'll have to see what they do well, i don't think i don't think she needs to be mary jane just make her a new character 
Yeah, no, and I think that's what they're doing because because I, I, I think what they were trying to do with that MJ line is just is just it's a nod or whatever. But yeah, I, I really I really liked her I, I really liked Michelle. I don't even want to call her MJ. I, I really liked that character a lot. Yeah, um, I, she was actually a lot better in this movie than I thought she was going to be. I was <laughs> watching her in, like, interviews, and yeah. not to totally crap on Zendaya, but I was like, you know, she just kind of comes off as, like, this just kind of, like, semi-naive, like, kid who's like, yeah. oh, I'm in a Spider-Man movie. It's pretty dope or whatever. Yeah. And I, I didn't yeah. expect this performance from her. She had a lot of, like, oh. really good comedic timing. Yeah, um, yeah. She might have actually been one of my favorite, like, side characters in the whole movie. Yeah, I think she is probably mine, at least the high school character. I like that shot of her flipping Peter off and everything. I think that's really funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of attempts to, like, make this, like, an edgy high school, like the, you know, <clears throat> the yeah. Mary F. Kill game. Yeah, I, I didn't like that. I thought no? that was a... No, I mean, I mean... I you know I like the idea of them doing that though in the school. It's just the fact that they were doing it with Marvel characters that was like I don't know about this. Well, I kind of like that aspect. Um, I mean, yeah. not necessarily in that scene, but like I like yeah. the aspect that it was a part of the world. Like I think you can barely hear. Oh yeah, no, where me, they're in the classroom too. and it's like they're talking about yeah. like the Sokovia Accords. You could just barely yeah. hear it. I like that. I like that part yeah. of it. And it's like, yeah, overall, I think they did it really well. It's just that one part for some reason bugged me. But overall, I thought the way they melded it into the MCU worked really well. Well, I I think it makes sense because, like, you're talking about, like, high school kids. So these are essentially going to come off as, like, celebrities to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flash makes that, like, joke, like, oh, I'm going to get a date with... uh, Black Widow. Black Widow, yeah. I mean, yeah. for some reason, that just felt really organic to me. It feels like something yeah, that yeah. a high school kid would say. I love the when Peter's looking at his footage or whatever that apparently the mask records or whatever. I like him acting like Thor in the mirror. I thought that was pretty funny. I expected a very um, Deadpool-esque joke from that scene. I'm glad they didn't. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't pull that punch. That would have been a little too yeah. Dangerous. yeah. I'm like, well, he's yeah. a teenager, you know. Yeah, who that, knows that what you could find? I, that would, that, yeah, but they did actually like, even though it, it's not like super edgy. I was actually kind of surprised that they let that they let them go with the porn joke. I thought that was really funny. I could imagine that. Yeah, a lot of like Marvel studio executives like going, ah, yeah, I don't know yeah. how we feel about these jokes. I'm sure they yeah. had to like really like push for those. I'm glad they're in there though, because yeah. like you can't tell me for a second that 15 year old teenagers in high school aren't at least talking about porn. So exactly. I like that. They're, well, I like make, that acknowledging its, its existence. It makes it feel more like a real high school setting instead of like Marvel's yeah. version of high school, but we can't be too edgy. And I mean, like, yeah. I feel like it was like right at the line. It was like as much as they could do to appeal to yeah. a mass audience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I really dug that a lot. Uh, this movie still kind of feels like it's written by like six different people, even though it is. I mean, it's not jarring, but it, it definitely yeah. feels like a lot of a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah, I I I would agree and disagree. I th- I think it's a lot more whole than it could have been. Like there, oh, yeah. when I initially heard that there were six writers, I got really scared. I think that it turned out really good, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's like the perfect like calculated 
demographics based studio system accomplished just the right way. Like somehow yeah. they got lucky by being so calculated with. All yeah. Yeah. Because it works for almost anybody. It works for me. It works for you. It works for probably a little kid in elementary school, you know? Well, I think Marvel knows how to do that without it feeling like yeah. they're tr- trying too hard to appeal to everybody. It just kind of does. Yeah. Yeah, they've made it feel natural at this point, I think. Mm-hmm. They've made, I mean, there are still limitations that I could argue that are kind of like criticisms. That's yeah, kind of why yeah. I like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 so much, because it felt like yeah. that movie had stakes. The, yeah, the yeah. Stakes I, out of all of them so far. Yeah, to me, that Homecoming and Guardians Volume 2, I think, were the like the loosest of the MCU movies in terms of what was allowed and how much creative control was given to the actual filmmakers and stuff. It yeah. seemed like it's especially with volume two, it seemed like they just let James Gunn make the movie he wanted to make. Well, yeah, if we're going to talk about uh, guard uh, volume two, I just like, I think James Gunn got lucky cause he's working with a property. That's like most people, you know, no one had no, any idea who uh what guardians of the galaxy was like a few yeah. years from now so there's not mm-hmm. all that baggage with spider-man you got you know like several generations of nerds essentially yeah, telling yeah. you oh this has got to be in the movie too and you gotta have this yeah mary jane better yeah. have red hair you know <laughs> yeah and yeah. it's um so there's all that baggage and i think when you have guardians of the galaxy by one director and one writer it's yeah. like it felt like a beginning and end and there were stakes yeah. people died and there was a yeah. whole arc and it was yeah. like by the end of the movie i was like there wasn't a whole lot of like nods to the marvel universe but i did not yeah. miss it at all i'm yeah. glad yeah. i just like it feels like a, you know it just feels like marvel's version of star wars yeah let's get yep. into the negatives uh okay. most of mine are nitpicks uh um, yeah me too all of mine pretty much i have one that's that to me is is pretty substantial, but for this, the most part, it's just like personal preference stuff. This is really small, and I'm glad I have an opportunity to talk about this because no one has talked about this before. Okay. Um, when he, you know, he there's a couple scenes he's running out of high school, mm-hmm. and he pulls open the locker, weird locker, Batman esque thing yeah to pull his costume out what when did he have time to do that like no one talks about that but granted it happens for a second but yeah like, you mean just, you mean when he's you mean when he's walk running down the hallway or whatever at yeah the like prom a, or after whatever? after the homecoming dance he's like running out and then he he yeah. does it a couple times he like pulls, oh you, yeah when, you mean when locker. he changes into the suit and everything yeah he pulls up like where he's keeping his like backpack with the suit in it it's like yeah he, it's like he has like a little like trap door in in the school like underneath the lockers like yeah. he pulls it up and it's just like when did you have time to is it is it I, I couldn't tell if it was just like he was just so strong it, it, he was able to lift it or it was like an actual yeah, it, thing it's, that it's he built. Just, he's all all he's doing is lifting up the locker like the thing okay. the compartment down there is just under the locker so it wasn't like a secret it was just you know he's strong enough to pull up the locker and put right. the stuff down there okay this is why i need to see the movie a second time yeah yeah, yeah. I'm making criticism for things that are okay. It's, it was still a little weird because it was like, when did you yeah. have time to do that? Are there no cameras? Because yeah, like in yeah. modern day high school, every school has yeah. like cameras now. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, Vulture's prologue thing that happens at the very beginning of the movie, I felt I felt like that was extremely poorly paced. Um, yeah. like I, 
I, I like the, like, I think it's paced well to the point, like, what you get to see him get fired, basically, and all that. But, like, the transition from him being, like, everything to I'm Vulture, I think, is, like, extremely jolty and doesn't fully work for me. It's just like, okay, I guess we're in the future now, and he's Vulture. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I got... I got the reason why he wanted to start like his sort of business sort of part of it. But like, again, it's like, why a vulture? You need to tell us why there should have been like, there should have been like something small, like the end of the scene. Like maybe he's like walking out of the building and some guy's like, what are you going to do? And then maybe he like looks over to his right and there's like a, I don't know, like some sort of a picture of a, like a vulture, like a pelican or something. It'd be really stupid, but it'd be something. So just cut from that to him as the vulture. And you'd see a little bit of a like better transition between the scenes, but it was just kind of like, is it like, where did the obsession with flying come into? Uh, I I, I know we're talking about negatives right now, but this isn't a bad movie by any stretch. Um, Yeah. Not even close. One of the things I actually really enjoyed, or I liked about this movie was, um, the connection to the villains, I think, is the best we've seen in a Spider-Man movie. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. it felt natural that, like, it just, like, they got them to the point where, you know, he could be, you know, quote-unquote, the Vulture, and then he could, all oh, this yeah. other character could be the Shocker, and it, yeah. it didn't feel like, like, it was just like, it was just like, they. that's how they just looked, and they were making jokes. Yeah. It's not like they were both like, I am the Vulture, and I'm the yeah. Shocker, let's join forces. Like, it wasn't yeah. Spider-Man 3, it's like, you know, yeah. it's just like, interested, like that scene. Yeah. Like, yeah. that just feels I, really I, choppy and tacked on. It was natural, and I think it, it's funny because of how obvious it should have been back, even back in Spider-Man 3. Yeah. This movie just starts, and they're already a crew, Shocker, Vulture, mm-hmm. and the Tinkerer. Like, they're already a thing. So starting out with them already together cuts off the the having to contrive a reason for them to become a team. You already have them as a team. Yeah, but it didn't feel like, I will call myself the Tinkerer and I will join the Vulture and the Shocker. It's just like, I love that joke that like Michael Keaton makes. It's like uh, calling yourself the Shocker. What is this pro wrestling? Like, yeah, yeah. That's like the best joke you could have made. Yeah. They're making fun of that whole thing. Uh It's great. And you could argue that like most, probably most of Spider-Man's villains need a lot of work because they haven't had even the comics they haven't yeah. had the same like evolution as the batman like oh yeah because like maybe they're... sorry go ahead no i was just gonna say they're all like extremely corny that's why i was like really happy with vulture in this because you're taking the source material which is just i'm a bald guy with wings everything to vulture in this and he's like a fully fleshed out three-dimensional character well not only is it corny they're like really simplistic like you know yeah. like what is vulture in the comics he's just like he like robs banks or something or he's yep yep like, he's just a robber who'd made a wingsuit and obviously like batman's villains probably started out really simplistic but in over time in the comics like people have added more to their story arcs and everything yeah. But for some reason, the Spider-Man villains haven't had that same treatment. They've stayed exactly how they've been since the 60s. Yeah. People online are talking about the f- lack of Uncle Ben, which I think is f- yeah. which I think is hilarious that people are talking about it. Yeah. You knew going in yeah. that we were the, not going to do that. 
Yeah. And now you're like, it feels weird without it. I don't want to critique this film for something that it wasn't trying to do. Yeah, exactly. This is trying to be a fun Spider-Man adventure that's doing everything that we haven't seen before. So the only time the movie got too jokey was the one part where Vulture shoots the first shocker guy and then is like, wait, I thought this was the gravity gun. I thought that was misplaced. I thought that it would have made more sense for him to actually just full-blown kill him and do it purposely. Well, it's kind of funny because it's like you set up this character like immediately before that this is the shocker and then you kill him and then you're just he's literally says you be the shocker yeah yeah. and that's that's how it felt even from a writing standpoint like yeah okay so which one's the shocker really like what yeah i'm confused yeah yeah because that first guy i was like oh yeah i can i can kind of tell it kind of feels like the shocker and then it's like no you're the shocker and i was like all right (laughs) <laughs> I guess yeah. it doesn't matter because I think yeah. the first guy in like obviously the shocker wears a mask. I yeah. think he embodied the shocker maybe a little bit more than the other guy. But it's like yeah, who's, yeah, I can see that. Well, who's really the shocker? They're just kind of both yeah. the shocker. Yeah, sort of, not really. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, what if Bruce Campbell made a cameo? Dude, yeah. I I was saying because you know Spider-Man Four, he was gonna be Mysterio as his, right. as his cameo for Spider-Man Four. I think it would be hilarious if he got to play Mysterio again, mm-hmm. like in this. Yeah, that that would be amazing. Um, if they did Mysterio in these movies, that'd be I would love to see that. That's the one villain oh. that I've been waiting for. That I'm like I would like to see how they do Mysterio. Yeah, yeah, he he's up there. Him and Chameleon are like two of the ones that I've been wanting to see. I think, mm-hmm. and Chameleon's a basic bad guy, but I think what I'd let the reason why I want to see him is because you can do that whole plot of in the comics, Chameleon basically disguises himself as Spider Man and robs banks and everything so that people think it's Spider Man. Yeah, I think you could do a really cool. Spider-Man movie where you open the movie and Spider-Man's just robbing a bank and you're just like, wait, what the hell is happening? That, yeah, and then that'd be pretty wild. I don't know if they'd go yeah. that crazy with it, but it'd yeah, be I, interesting I to see. I think the obvious route they're going is Sinister Six. Yeah, they're still going to try to do it. <laughs> After all, it, those, it, all these it, years, still trying. Yeah, but it looks like they're maybe going to pull it off. That end credit scene was super simplistic, but it, but it made sense. Yeah. I was kind of like, Oh, oh he's the scorpion. Cause I mean, the scorpion yeah. is kind of like a side villain. He's not yeah, super, yeah. super interesting. Um, yeah, I, I completely agree. I just think it makes sense to have, I think what they're definitely going to do is they're going to have Spiderman keep defeating these bad guys and they're all going to be gathering in jail. And, I think that's where they're going with it. Where so right now we have the guy who's going to become Scorpion in prison with Vulture, and then next movie potentially we have a couple more bad guys sent to prison, and so that just keeps building up until there's six of them. I think yeah. that's what they're going to do. I'm trying to think of like the one of the most like obscure like Spider-Man like oh yeah. Do you ever think this would be pretty wild? Uh, do you ever think we'll see like Madam Web in a Spider-Man movie? That, that would be crazy. Can you imagine? <laughs> I'm not sure. That I, would don't know be if, nuts. I don't know if that would work, but that would be pretty yeah. new if you want to keep it fresh. It, it would be it would be crazy. I, I, I'm the same way. I have no idea if it would work or not because, you know, we haven't seen it. But 
that would be crazy. Um, okay, so overall, would you say this? Where would you rank this? I can't remember if you said this at the beginning. Where would you rank this as as far as Spider Man movies go? Would you say this is your favorite? I, it's my favorite. It's my it's, it's number my one. Favorite. Yeah, it's my number one. It's it's close with the. It, it, I mean, I don't even know if I'd say it's close because I have a very, I have a love-hate relationship with the Raimi movies. But mm. for for my money, this is my number one. Like, this is what I want from a Spider-Man movie. Right. Um, I don't know if I can say this is my top favorite. Uh, yeah, and I totally get that. It's up there. It's probably a close second. Yeah. Behind or uh, yeah, behind Spider-Man Two. Um, yeah. I completely understand that I have a lot of friends who have the same thing, so I, I right. completely get that. And I don't know part of it is nostalgia, I'll say. Yeah. Um because definitely. I didn't I you know, my first exposure to Spider Man was those movies. Yeah. I I actually remember being like a little kid, like or like practically a toddler and being uh-huh. inter- when those movies were coming out and being interested in seeing those and not quite being allowed to watch them because of how young I was. Yeah, so it was yeah. literally like my exposure to Spider-Man was, oh, well, if I can't watch that, I'll, I'll watch the animated series and I'll read these books. Yeah. So it was like all preparing to eventually watch that when I was like, like just a couple years older. Um, yeah, that's that's cool. Man. So it's like really like that's kind of where my fascination with Spider-Man started was with the movies and I think just even from a like in a more adult standpoint, I enjoy I like the filmmaking more aspect of that, like how the movie's directed. Like, I like this Raimi movies more because like I like I like this Spider-Man movie, but it yeah. still is held back because it, it's got the shared universe. Yeah, know, I know what you're talking it about. It still has the same, like, shot composition and vibe. It's meant to, like, it's yeah. meant to appeal to everybody. And it does yeah. that fine, but, like, the same yeah. Raimi movies, you can tell, like, they took risks. Like, there's decisions they make in those movies that it's like, that could have, like, not worked at all. But you, it's like, yeah. you're just trying everything. And I... yeah. I think I just like, you know, I just like, obviously I really like Sam Raimi as a director. Yeah. Um, visually. I, I, yeah. I would agree with the Raimi thing on a visual level. I, I love those movies visually, like I was saying. Mm-hmm. So. And I just like, I mean like that, that's not even, it's like, it's my favorite Spider-Man movie, but also it's like one of my favorite movies in general. It's a movie, especially Spider-Man two that I've like watched over and over again. I watch it like a couple times a year and I've been doing that consistently for like forever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, uh, it hits, I think it's a lot better at hitting the emotional beats. Also this one, this one, not to say this one didn't obviously the, uh, rubble scene. Yeah. It's under the rubble. I like, I like the little nod to the comic book cover also. Um, yeah, holy cow. I yeah, never I thought that. I'd see that. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, this one's a close second, I think. I yeah. don't think it's my favorite, but I think that just has to do with... I just have already... I don't know. I'd have to see it a couple more times. I really like this movie. But well, yeah, and, and I have the same thing with you with the Raimi movies that, that, like, for Batman, like, there's no way, because I have so much love and a little bit of nostalgia for the dark Knight trilogy. So I completely get where you're coming from. Like I, there's no way in hell that the Ben Affleck Batman movies will top 
the Nolan ones for me because I just love those movies so much. So I know exactly what you're talking about. I really like this movie, uh, yeah. despite it really didn't have many flaws. Um, yeah, it's just a really well done movie. It's not perfect, but it's yeah. It was like it was what it needed to be to be to yeah. f- to have Spider Man as part of the shared universe. Because like yeah. going in, I, I honestly like. I was like, oh, they're going to do another trilogy. I don't care. I just want to see yeah. Spider-Man like play with all the other heroes. And the fact that we got yeah, a pretty, yeah. pretty solid movie out of it still is pretty awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, I yeah. think it's obviously a really good take on the character. Um, yeah. I'll probably buy it for sure. Oh, yeah. No, I definitely will because I'm an idiot and I buy all the Marvel movies. (laughs) To be be frankly honest, this was a lot better than I thought it was going to be, actually, because I I don't think Sony's good at cutting together trailers. They suck at cutting together trailers. They're really bad. They're really bad. Even their Baby Driver trailers were like, they're a little underwhelming. Um, Yeah, yeah. So I think their marketing team is just like I thought they need to just stop. (laughs) Like I know like arbitrarily like letter grades probably mean nothing to most people. But I thought this movie was probably going to be like a C plus and it turned out to be kind of like in the B B plus area for me. Yeah, I I, give it an A or A minus. But yeah, I I loved it to death. It's like I I I'm just like now I'm because I'm like. In my I, 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 in my mind with the MCU, I'm always ranking them as they come out, and right now I'm having a hard time because I'm like, oh, like yeah. this and Gar- this and Guardians two are basically tied for my number two spot for the MCU right now. I loved it that much. It just feels like they just keep getting better and better. Yeah, th- this starting with Civil War, they've just progressively been like completely on point. Indeed. Yeah. So we have a lot of good movies coming out right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Almost too much. Uh, what well, didn't Planet of the Apes just come out? Oh, geez, I gotta Planet watch that. Ape, yeah, Planet of the Apes came out like yesterday, I think. <sighs> well, <laughs> who needs money when you have quality entertainment? Yeah. And on that note, I think we'll end this little podcast session. Um, yeah. You want to plug anything? <laughs> I mean, you Before can. Before we look, end, yeah, just go to the Living with Trevor Facebook page. That's literally it. It's just Facebook.com/slash Living with Trevor Movie. That's about it. Yeah. Okay. So check that out. It'll be nice. Mm-hmm. I'm really tired yeah. and hot, so I'm gonna. Me too. I'm gonna end this. Okay. 